welcome back. You're listening to Those Trans Guys Podcast, a podcast focused on everyday education and experiences about trans men. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Trinket and Vine. Trinket and Vine is a small pin shop based in Vancouver, BC. It is owned by two Disney and fantasy-loving women. If a fandom exists, there's a good chance they love it. Their spotlight this month is a pin called Pride Light. It's a Disney-themed pride flag, and 50% from each purchase is donated to a local LGBT charitable organization. Use my specific offer code, TRANSPOD22, for 20% off your purchase. And I would like to thank them with a big heart that they did this and sponsored my podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Those Trans Guys. Hope you guys are doing well today. I thought I would come back and record a new episode on something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time, but I feel like now's the time to do it, and I hope you guys are ready. I hope that this is a very insightful and proactive episode, and I hope that if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can please email me at thosetransguyspodcast at gmail.com or on my Instagram, thosetransguyspodcast. So without further ado, also, by the way, five-star review on Apple and Spotify, if you don't mind, I would appreciate that. So without further ado, this week's topic is healthcare. Yes, a very big topic, I must say, and one that is very relevant and challenging for many of us folk in the LGBT world. Not even just trans folks, but everyone in general. We seem to struggle to find the right doctor, the right healthcare, the right clinic, the right hospital, et cetera, et cetera. So this is one that I struggled with for um, part of it, I'd have to say. The beginning was all right. I was set up with a lot of resources, a lot of connections, and being in a small town before I moved to where I am, I had a lot of opportunities to get what I needed faster than what I was predicting. And that being said, I was connected with a therapist first and met online and, and went through all the steps of confirming for sure that I was actually um, struggling with my transgender identity. And before actually being identified as that, she just wanted to hear from me, my side of it and my backstory. So I was a little bit nervous because I didn't know what to expect, but she is a very well-known and respected and just all around very awesome person, I must say, who's helped a lot of trans folks and non-binary folks and people of all identifying under the umbrella type folks. So we had a little Zoom chat and confirmed for sure that everything was smooth and good to go. And she asked me some pretty, you know, pressing topics and questions and, and really, I, I wouldn't say hounded, but sort of hounded to make sure that everything was good to go. The one thing I remember her saying to this day is, are you sure that you want to inject every week for the rest of your life? And that still sits with me in a way because it's like, that is another way of me saying to myself and also to her and in general that, yes, I am trans and this is what path I want to take and this is who I am. So yes. And without any further kind of hesitation or fears, I said, yes, I will. And I want to, and that's not an option or not a, not a struggle for me or not a worry for me or not a fear for me. So no questions asked. I said, yes. So after that, she set me up with a doctor in my town at the time who went over kind of the whole procedure and like what to expect and all that kind of stuff. So I was set up with the hospital who did all the blood work, ECT, 
all the basic stuff to kind of make sure that I was suitable and where my blood levels were and all that kind of stuff to kind of then determine what dose to be starting off on. So the most, I think, dysphoric moment was having to do ECTs and some of those scans because at that time I was not, I hadn't had a surgery yet, my top surgery. So it was very dysphoric for me and I felt like they treated me all right, but I still was my first kind of experience in that sense, being vulnerable and exposing part of my body that I wasn't happy or comfortable with in the first place. And yet alone now identifying as trans, it was more of a challenge. And since I hadn't started hormones, it was just an extra kind of layer of worries and fears and insecurities for sure. And I definitely went for ice cream after that to help, but the part that, that part in general still I remember clearly and how challenging it was. And then looking fast forward now to the fact of having this amazing healthcare and opportunities come up and the surgery and everything, it's just changed my life for the better. And I don't think, and I don't think anyone will ever understand, but having surgery of any kind as a trans folk is a life changing opportunity and a life changing experience that it's hard to describe. So being dysphoric is one of the most difficult things I would have to say being faced besides society and, you know, backlash and comments and, you know, wrong pronouns and things like that. It's just one of the most challenging things that I would say that us trans folks face. And it's hard to describe to someone because they just don't understand how difficult it is to be in a body that a you're not comfortable in in the first place and b you're not really wanting to be in the first place in this skin and what you're born with because that's not who you are and feel inside to see having to live your life every day until something is changed so that you can live your authentic life and have those little changes and little steps to better yourself as a whole person and whole identity and entity too so that was challenging and i still look back on how honestly refreshing and enlightening it was the day that the surgery was booked to have a confirmed date and then to actually wake up in the morning and not give a crap about you know anything else except that moment in time and I wanted to be early I wanted to be ready to go and I think as soon as I walked through those doors and put that robe on before surgery it just all was just this overwhelming joy and I remember clearly having finished the surgery that they treated me so well and and just everything from start to finish they made my family feel better and and less anxious in some senses and i just remember waking up and wanting to like jump out of bed and be like look at me and they're like can you keep your hands down like you just had major surgery but i i remember looking at my chest for the first time and i cried and i was excited and i was happy um it was the best day i would have to say in my life that i will always remember and reflect on. So I just want to say that that general healthcare as a whole in that, in that sense was very rewarding and very exciting in a lot of levels, but it doesn't also help the fact that we struggle a lot with everyday struggles. And the dysphoria thing is not an easy thing. A lot of people really struggle more than what meets the eye and to then not have healthcare to help with that is a 10 times heavier brick laid on that person than you would think. So having that doctor interview me and then set me up with all the steps, it just, it flowed so smoothly. And I was a bit 
shocked in a way because I thought there must be more to it. But now that I think back, it was just the way the system worked at that time. And maybe having a small town kind of set up in that way was a lot easier for me. But I remember the first day that they called and said, okay, we have your test results back and like, uh, we can start your own hormones. Like, you know, April 22nd was the date. And I said, awesome. So nerve wracking, scared, excited, all the emotions. And I went down, had my first shot and it was just the start of something amazing. And I felt uplifted and just ready for anything. So that was very, very smooth. And so I stayed in my hometown for another couple of months before I moved to where I am. So that was where the challenging part came into play was transferring from my small town where everything was like little, you know, a little ball and everything was set up to a bigger city starting fresh with a doctor who I don't know and who doesn't really know me and kind of where I've come from, so to say. They know the basic paperwork of what that person looks like, but I had to start fresh. I had to get to know someone from brand new from start to finish. Like it was, it was hard. So I luckily was set up with an amazing healthcare center here that had and has the best, I think, reputation in, in um, the healthcare kind of organization down here. There's a lot of awesome clinics, but this was one that stood out to me and that took me on and, and helped me kind of continue. So they definitely helped me get back on, you know, regular dosing and blood work and all that kind of stuff. So I was very much regular with my blood work until just after a year or so. And then they kind of stopped asking for blood work because after about a year, you start to kind of get in your rhythm and, you know, find your calling, so to say, and and everything seems to be pretty regular. It's just the first year they want to monitor the dosing and make sure that you're not going too high or too low and that you're not causing any damage to your body and et cetera. So it was very regular that I was seeing this, this one doctor and they were great. They went by they, them pronouns and awesome person all around. And, and then they transferred to another clinic, which I followed them for. And, um, but then after some time, after I got set up with my top surgery, they started to not be able to like to see me anymore, which was a bit tricky. And I didn't really know why, I guess, so to say in quotes, they said, they just don't think that my needs for healthcare are needed right now because I've kind of reached a point where I'm, I'm comfortable and, and, their care isn't really needed so, so much except for filling refills and stuff. But I had also mentioned eventually I potentially wanted maybe more surgeries, but at the time now I'm thinking back and I'm glad I didn't because I'm happy with my transition. But at that time, early on, I debated doing more surgeries and kind of finalizing my transition, so to say, but, but then looking back, I'm, I'm happy that where I'm at now and, and what I've been able to accomplish. So so they reached. They helped me reach a point where my transition and me as a whole was comfortable and happy before they kind of ended things, so to say, and broke up with me. I guess is a way to put it. So they were very resourceful and offered a lot of help and support, and and they were there if I needed them, and and just you know to make sure everything was going smooth. So, and I still ask questions like, is my dose still okay, or you know should we adjust it or whichever, and if I had any like acne problems, which happens of course. So little things like that. Um, they definitely helped me get set up with that top surgery, which was amazing. And everything was kind of smooth. Then I came into the issue of finding a new doctor to refill my prescriptions. And I was a bit panicky because they stopped doing it for me. And so then I had to find another doctor. And so currently right now, I don't actually have a said GP, which is like my designated doctor. Like I have a doctor who fills my, my refills and like helps with generic healthcare stuff. But I'm afraid in a way to 
put myself out there and be vulnerable again with the basic healthcare stuff that is pretty nerve wracking. So I'm not saying I don't have a doctor, but I kind of don't have a specialized like OBG or anything like that um, who can better assist me in some other aspects. Um, and a lot of trans folk I find struggle with finding a healthcare practitioner in general, and especially being trans, it, it adds another layer of complexity where there's not many specialized doctors out there who know what they're getting themselves into and know what they're working with, so to say. And I was thinking and talking to my partner, she's like, well, why don't you be like a trans doctor? And I was like, that would be great. Cause then I could like help so many people out there, but I'd have to go back to school and that's another couple of years down the road. So, but it's just a bit concerning in a way that in this amazing city that we live in, there isn't a lot of resources for that, that term, that general GP who specializes in all of that. Like, and it's a bit scary. And I'm not just speaking about why well, I'm mostly speaking about Canada in general and where I live, but I look around the world at places who don't have those resources and don't have any of the basics and have to pay out of pocket. Like, those are scary and those are expensive and those are not probably the right places to go, especially when you're already overwhelmed and stressed as it is. So I feel a lot for other places because I wouldn't consider myself totally lucky. I mean, there's a lot of benefit and luck to it, but, but looking around the world, I feel for those people more than ever. So healthcare as a whole is scary and it's hard and we're afraid to be vulnerable and to open up that part of us because we don't know what we're going to be faced with. We don't know if they're going to be open to it or if they're going to criticize us or if they're going to not make us feel comfortable and like identify us by the right name and pronoun. So there's a lot of components to it that add into a small part of what we really deserve as, as humans and as trans folks, especially and especially as non-binary and queer folks, like they're also equally struggling with healthcare and trying to find the right fit. And it's, it's nerve wracking. So this is why I felt this topic was relevant because it's, it's a hard and challenging thing to discuss because it's just so challenging and it's also so real and raw that we have to face this every day. And, and I don't really know what the best answer is for it because I too myself struggle and I also haven't found the right fit for me. And I feel like the doctors I've tried to, to have as my doctor have said that they don't think I need a doctor because there's not much except for refills that they can do. But like, what happens if I get sick or what happens if something major happens, then what do I do then? Like, so it's a little bit scary sometimes to think, what if I get sick and I have to go to the hospital? Like, What'll happen then? So there's some parts to it that are still questions and some parts to it that are still layered on top of each other that I wish to unbreak and unravel, but there's not much we can do about it at this time. And I'm hoping in the next few years it'll be better. I'm hoping the next few years will be more accessible, more laid out and more well-equipped. And I don't understand if it's just for major surgeries that that that's the only thing that we'll have help for. But like I said, what if something happens where I need to go to the hospital? Am I going to feel safe? Am I going to feel okay? Like I know for a fact, we've had some patients come in who are trans and, and maybe it's just the place I work at, but they're amazing from start to finish the docs, the surgeons, everyone are like, 
they refer to them in their pronouns and, and we've seen many of them. So I just don't really understand that part of the system in that sense. And I wish to, but there's not much we can do about it at this time. Um, I just wish there's an easier answer and an easier solution. And I really hope that, like I said, in a few months to a year, there'll be more resources available. And the clinics that we have here are great, though, and very insightful. And I know there's a, a hotline as well for, for other ways to support trans folks. And I also know that there's been, you know, waiting lists, of course, to talk to docs and specialists and to get on any kind of list in general, even to see a doctor. And a lot of doctors are full. Their wait lists are full or or their clinics are full because they have too many patients at this time. So I just hope that there's a miracle one day where it's not an issue and a hurdle that it is today. So as we look back, I hope that we can say, wow, we've come so far. But healthcare is an important human need, and it's definitely more crucial for trans folks and any LGBT folk in general. But for trans folks, since we're medically transitioning, it adds another extra layer. So it's a lot more challenging and a lot more complex than it probably has to be. And it's just maybe speculation, and it's probably just the way society is right now. And, you know, I hope one day it'll be easier because there's so many people out there who are struggling and, and who want to start their journeys and who want to get on waiting lists for surgeries and, and, and all the basics that come with it, like basic needs and wants of those, those trans folks who are struggling. So it's a challenge and it's one that I hope will get easier. And I don't know if there is an answer to that. I don't know if it will get easier, but we only hope and we only wish because we all deserve it just like anyone else who deserves healthcare. And I, I still wonder why people still struggle with when someone comes in for surgery, like why are we treating them any different than you or that person? Why can't we refer to them as their pronouns and their name and, and what they identify as like, just because they don't look the part doesn't mean they're not equally as human and have equal rights as you. So that's why whenever I've happened to, to meet a trans patient at work, I, I try and make them feel just as equal as anyone else, if not more. So and any general, I mean, I treat every patient with respect and dignity, but I think I just have a softer spot and part in my heart for those people. So, and anyone in general, but I definitely feel for them. So, so I really hope that this episode helps and kind of gives you a little bit more insight on the struggles we face. And like I said, this is beginning of it was my personal experience and where I'm at now, but there's a lot more tied into healthcare that it's not always discussed. So but as my experience unfolded, I realized that once I got to the stage of, mm, you don't need much more than just a refill, I can't help you with the rest of your healthcare needs, then what good does that do? I mean, what what happens if I need more than just refills? Who am I going to go to? Am I going to feel safe to do that? So having a not said GP makes it a bit challenging, but I understand that not all docs are capable I guess is maybe the right way to put it, but I hope one day that it'll be easier and and I hope one day that it'll be more accessible because big town, small town, it's all it all should be there and ready for whoever is needing it. So 
But I hope my story and my experience helped a little bit. And I hope that you all know that we all deserve equal health care and that we all deserve it regardless of who you are and what life you're living because no one should be turned away for how they identify or, or represent or, or how they want to live their life. So, but I hope this helped. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please leave them in my email or my Instagram. And I would appreciate that. And I hope that this episode helped and I hope that you are doing well and I'll see you guys again soon for our new episode. Thanks again, guys, for all the support and I'll talk to you guys soon.